Yo, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Game 6 Clay Pod. I'm Gotham, here with my boys Matt and Charlie. Um, it's been a long time since we uh, recorded record a pod, about a week or so. Um, lots happened with the uh, Warriors and Dub Nation. We've seen a lot of chatter. Um, so we got a very, uh, very big uh, big pod tonight. So let's get right into it. Um, last uh, Sunday, I think, so two days ago, played the Lakers. Um, you know, coming into the game, thought, you know, very, very confident about it. Um, liked, liked our matchup, liked the way we were playing. Um, LeBron coming off a big game and AD not being there. So all kind of the ingredients for a good Warriors win at Staples. But, um, you know, Alaska was not the case. So um, let's just get right into it, guys. What was your guys' takeaway from that Lakers game that we saw, your expectations, and uh, how that all kind of played out? So take it away, boys. Yeah, uh, I woke up, Gotham, feeling pretty good Sunday morning, hoping for a four-game winning streak. Uh, yeah. My dreams were immediately dashed. I think, again, the first uh, quarter of the game, I think LeBron and Gasol combined for four made threes. Um, Warriors could, and I think they were probably, if they hit a three in the first quarter, they made one. Uh, so at that point, things were looking good. Uh, they had no energy. You know, they came out without any sense of fire. And it kind of reminded me of the, uh, I think the Denver game was that last time they had that same issue. Um, but no, from the very get-go, it kind of felt like, I felt like a three-game winning streak had been achieved, and like it felt like a championship hangover. Honestly, the way that was, you know what I mean. Like the two games later, there was some celebration, and after that, it was uh, for the Lakers. It was smooth sailing, man. And honestly, that was a uh, as far as the Lakers go. On that note, though, that was the most just like pinpoint executional I'd seen them uh, this season. I mean, everything just looked uh, they looked to be in total lockstep, and it just goes to show they had Schroeder out for a while. Um, he had a pretty solid game, but. It looked like you were watching two different two different levels of team, to be honest. You know, watching um, – and LeBron, especially, in that game, there was that one play where he – Draymond, you know, his reluctance to shoot, let him throw a pass that he would have normally throw on, I think, to a cutting, to a cutting Kelly. But uh, LeBron saw the pass, and it was just, like, the most, like, this, this guy. That play was just so embodying of, like, LeBron being the best player in the world, most likely. I know Gotham, you still go Steph. I don't argue with that. I love Steph, too. Um but uh, it just showed – it was kind of so embodying embody, of LeBron being who he is and that Laker team being kind of head and shoulders to me uh, above the Warriors right now because that was a – that was a they were just flawless on both ends for the first three quarters of that game. Yeah, the thing too with LeBron that's been so scary is that you can visibly see him turn it to another level when AD is out and, like, he knows that – the weights on his shoulders to carry the team, not only on offense, but on defense. I mean, he's turned up like, I don't know, he's got some ridiculous amount of steals and blocks since AD came in. I mean, since AD went out and uh, he's just been putting a whole other kind of shoulder on the team. And even though they struggled, but like you said, Matt, having Schroeder back in there, it's huge to just have another playmaker on the floor. And, you know, the Warriors, even though they were getting pretty much railroaded by the time he went out, like you see it when, Draymond is uh like just having one playmaker on the floor is tough and you know it, it it's kind of a struggle when you have Steph getting mobbed on the perimeter by two guys and the Lakers are such a like calm defensive team in terms of what they can do and they don't take too many risks they play really within themselves and the Warriors just don't have that sort of cohesion yet and I think part of that is you know a lot of the change coming in and a lot of the different styles on the team, but I think part of it is, you know, this roster has just been so up and down in terms of who's on the floor every night and what sort of form they're in on any given night. So it's been tough to get that sort of cohesion. 
Yeah, I think pointing out that Schroeder was awesome, I just want to say real quick that, I mean, LeBron, first of all, it just goes to show, first of all, when you have a superstar player uh, at the level of LeBron, uh, and Steph in this case too, having a second wing or guard that can play make and score the basketball is, I mean, it's, I want to call it a luxury, but it's kind of something you, you would think of you just have on your roster. Uh, the Warriors don't have that right now. And it very much showed how viable it is to have that uh, for the Lakers right now with LeBron. So I thought it was kind of an interesting contrast that Steph right now, um, Draymond's been awesome to be clear, but no one else is a reliable bucket on that team besides Steph. Um, Lakers can't say the same, even with Schroeder, which is not to say not all LeBron is way more help thing, just to say having that second option, even if it is, you know, a guy like Schroeder, who's not, you know, a traditional second option, having a guy who can get you a bucket, who can make a, pick and roll play uh, at the guard or wing spot. It's pretty huge. Um, and that showed a lot in that game too. And Charlie, you mentioned it. They did just look like they, their defense was just incredible. You know, they were like, they were on it and all their players, you mentioned just the experience showed too. And I think that was also very clear. Lakers looks like a team that, although they have some new pieces, they look like they had a bunch of guys who are veterans and look very comfortable out there. Yeah, I mean, I think it comes back to the fact that, you know, they were also coming off a tough a st- tough stretch. They lost, like, I think four games before that, um, just uh, before that Blazers win. So, I mean, I think LeBron also knew it was a big game. Um, I think Steph said it best after the after the, after the the game in the post-game press conference. I think teams are still trying to beat the Warriors, beat Steph. Um, and, like, that uh, intensity, you could see LeBron was dialed in from, you know, the tip. Um, and the Warriors just didn't match that. I mean, they they had all the, the granted with whatever were the, the issues we're talking about. The Warriors are, were poised to win that game, um, just with the way they've been playing. Um, offensively, we're seeing guys like Kelly, um, you know, Steph, Draymond, everybody stepping up. Um, so in that you know three game win streak we had, and even before that, when we lost those two games in Charlotte and uh, Orlando, you know, we we put together guys were stepping up. So. As of late, we've been playing some pretty good basketball, and um, that Lakers game was just a letdown in terms of just the intensity. And, um, you know, as a team that, you know, wants to be in that fifth, sixth, you know, seventh kind of team range in the West right now, um, those are the kind of games you got to take advantage of, especially when you're losing the games like to the Knicks or, uh, and the uh, – not the Knicks, I mean the uh, the Hornets and the, the Magic like we did on that road trip. So um, I think it was just an opportunity lost. Um Warriors easily, um, just intensity-wise, was just the base thing. I, if we just got outplayed um, or just like the Lakers, you know, um, we just, you know, executed down the stretch or something and we lost a close one, that's fine. But just to get – you kind of said, pass, man, railroaded out of, out of the gate right there. So um, it was just a tough tough way to end off a pretty good, uh, pretty good stretch of games. But um, going uh, – kind of just um, building on, like, the not just the last game but what did you guys like from that uh that road trip we saw obviously some ups and some downs um good basketball some dumb basketball we can talk about Draymond but um overall what did you guys see and what um going you know kind of as we approach all-star break that you saw from this team that gives you hope in the second half of the season uh, I I thought the fight from Draymond was so impressive I mean we can talk all we want about the Charlotte game. I mean, we know exactly what happened there. You know, like, he he's the first guy to admit it. Like, he cost the team a chance at the win right at the end of that game. And for him to just come out and play one of the best games I've seen him play, probably since Portland in the conference finals, like, just knowing that he cost a team a win against this team the last time around, and he wasn't going to let it happen the second time. And the dude is out of his mind. I mean, over those – over the three-game win streak, guy had 42 assists, which is just insane. And considering, like, the quality of playmakers that's around him, 
and all the other looks that aren't going in that he's also creating. I mean, it's just, it's amazing what he's being able to do in these small ball looks. And I think he really feeds the intensity of this team too, because we've seen them fighting down the stretch of some really close games against tough teams. You know, even though the teams that we had to play have had injuries and a lot of these concerns, I mean, they've had to fight really hard for every game. So I think that's been the important part is not folding. Yeah, I, I mean, Draymond's play after that after that loss in Charlotte was, yeah, like you said, it was awesome. I mean, the the play on both ends was pretty sweet. Seeing him go to the hole again uh, with something close to confidence is it was it's good to see it then, and it's going to be necessary uh, going forward. Um, it also it feel it does feel like a bit of a letdown though. I mean, having gone, I think they finished up three and three on that. Is that right? Something like that. I know they dropped uh, Orlando, Charlotte, and I guess, yeah, LA. Um, it just feel, it felt like a really big opportunity, every one of those games, obviously, to come out as, you know, they can have 20-plus wins right now. Um, even that Laker game, and again, I think the way the Lakers played that game, I don't think the Warriors are going to win. I think the Warriors could have brought, you know, something close to an A game. I think the Lakers were on a string on both ends, so I don't know about that one. But uh, that one stung all the more, though, because it came after two losses that, Really yeah, exactly. could have cemented this team. Yeah. Mm, really could have cemented this team as, you know, a six seed right now. In all honesty, a six or a five seed, um, especially the way Portland's been playing. They've kind of been dropping out a little bit as of late. San Antonio's kind of slowed down a bit, which, again, both things were uh, semi-predictable because, you know, CJ's out. Nurkic, I think, is just coming back. San Antonio just doesn't have the overall firepower to kind of maintain what they've been doing, I don't think. But um, two of those losses, and even the Lakers lost a little bit, felt like they they could have been – a pretty solid – them and Denver could be 6-5 and five right now. Denver's having their own issues, of course. I think they're the eighth seed, actually. But um, those two teams, which teams I expect to kind of end up 6-7, six, 6-5 six, in some order, um, it just felt like a missed opportunity to me. And I, I think there are pluses to get to take away from it. Um, just to tag back to what your question was, Gotham, originally, um, Draymond's play is definitely one. Um, continuing to beat bad teams for the most part, you know, is still a good thing. Uh, and I think it's been – that stretch was uh, – we got to see more of Uber, and I think, you know, after a full month of seeing that, those last six games were a part of that month, obviously, and seeing him do his thing uh, in a way closer to what we expected can't really be uh, overstated as to how important that is going forward, I don't think. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I feel like a lot of this, yeah, I totally agree with you, Matt. I think that we, it's definitely a missed opportunity. Um, three and three, like, if a three and three road trip, like, you know, beginning of the season would have been a win for us. Um, but right now, we're we're kind of reaching that point where, you know, this team's got to start to solidify what its identity is going into all-star break. Cause when you come out the, when at the, the schedule coming out the next like four or five games are brutal. So um, you can't be dropping games against uh, teams that you should be beating. And um, just the way we lost those were just tough to come back and lose and then give up the lead. Um, and then obviously the Charlotte game, we, we've talked about that before, but um, like, like I just, I think that was just kind of the biggest thing, but, um, yeah, I think Draymond's play has been amazing. I think that's a big reason why Kelly Oubre has been able to kind of get some more freedom. He's getting better looks. He's just more confident because, you know, he's getting guys around the team, helping him out. It starts with Draymond, it starts with Steph. Um, we've seen Steph shooting dip a little bit, but I think that's just coming from, um, you know, other guys getting more shots, getting more involved. And, uh, you know, he's going to be out of rhythm some games. Um, you know, it's just natural. Um, the guy that's not a robot, at least we don't think so. 
Um, it's, um, it's, it's, it, we're at a point right now though, where I, I don't think we can keep, um, coddling this team when we drop games, um, uh, lose, losing games is fine. Um, I think that, you know, it's part and parcel of being a young team that's still figuring stuff out, but, um, dropping games, um, we can't afford that anymore. Um, especially playing teams like Phoenix, um, you know, uh, who else we playing? Jet, the Jazz, the Clippers after. Um, it's it, the, our schedule. It could really hurt us um, if we don't have the right focus going coming out of All Star break, and I think the team knows that. Um, excited to see how we look against Portland on tomorrow, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, yeah, just to close out the uh, just this kind of segment, I think that overall, I mean, it's, we've made some. It's, it's kind of like a two steps forward, one step back, and that's kind of been the mo of this team. Um, you know, from going to not even being able to win more than two games or Oh, yeah, more than two games. We finally got over that home. So, um, you know, it's now it's just starting to string together all these, you know, what we've been trying to say since day one, you know, string together a good couple games and create some momentum. I kind of feel like also it's it's not – Steph hasn't been, you know, the fiery hot Steph he was to start February the last week yeah, and a half, no. two weeks, you know. And so there was a lot of opportunities within those games. Steph didn't play one game. You know, the, the game Draymond uh, ended up blowing in the end. That's that's not going to happen. You're not you, – as far as I'm concerned, this team would generally go, oh, and whatever, if Seth doesn't play. The oh, fact that they had a chance to win a game and he didn't play, that's a big miss there. Um, and even, again, I think his splits the last six games are like he's shooting below 40% from the field and like well below mm-hmm. 40 from three. And they've had – they've been in almost every game, you know, and again, it just – it really does feel like a missed opportunity. But to tag on to what you said about Ubre and Draymond, that's a plus. But like those two look like a, they've plus. developed a connection – and Draymond is – it's crazy in the last, like, month how Ubre went from a guy who looked like he'd never heard of, of cutting before. Like, no one had ever told him, like, hey, yeah. cut to the basket, to a guy who you're like, he's in the right spot at the right time. Right time. He's pulling so up at often. the right time. He's he's faking. He's, like, you know, he's really showing yeah. off his arsenal as a wing. And I think uh, – I forget who said it. Somebody on the broadcast, they said – um, Ubre is uh, better. He's a slasher that can shoot, not a shooter that can slash. And I think that you know now we're trying to we're starting to see him, you know, figure that out. That you know his his goal, his strengths are you know get to the basket. He's athletic as hell, so um, you know throw it up there and um, he'll go get it. So I he's think we're leading dunks, man. Yeah, I mean, I, he had eight in the first quarter or something. So he's uh, he's going off right now. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's a huge plus. And as we kind of you know transition to like the post All Star break season, um, it's going to be guys like Ubre, Wiggins, Wiseman, um, Pascal, like those guys that you know have shown flashes during the season to now step up and make that a consistent um, consistent thing as we close out the season and hopefully knock up or lock up a really good season in the playoffs. Yeah, I think the one, you know, you touched on the schedule upcoming and it's been so frustrating having so many guys, you know, we've had so many, I mean, I don't know how much time we spent talking about Kelly's struggles early in the season. And then of course, when he turns it on, Steph suddenly is ice cold and now Wiggins is all of a sudden struggling. And then, like you said, you know, this Ubre Draymond connection has just been absolutely firing over this last stretch. and it is so tough to see this team out of sync when you have a stretch like this, because next five Portland, Phoenix, Clippers, Utah, Lakers. I mean, that's just brutal. That's tough. That's tough. And even if you wrap that around the all-star break, you know, that doesn't change. Like you can say like, Oh, well we're rested. Like they're rested too. You know, there's yeah. st- there's still going to be brutal teams uh, whenever we face them. 
And yeah. also, it doesn't help <laughs> that they have to face Phoenix and LA on the second night of back to backs. So, you know, and I think when you look at the games like LA, like if you have a game where your execution just isn't there and you can't beat a team because the shots aren't falling, that happens. But you can't just get like mentally destroyed in the first quarter just because it, yeah, railroaded. <laughs> like I said, yeah. Like when you just kind of lie down and, you know, let a team walk all over you like that, that's what's so problematic. And that's the kind of stuff that carries over game to game. Yeah, you bring up a good point, though, Charlie. Uh, we haven't seen this team at its full potential, which is, you know, kind of a – it's kind of a shitty thing to experience right now, but it kind of gives you a lot of hope that, you know, at, at some point you, you would think that these guys would figure it out. And if this team does figure it out, the potential of, of the squad is unreal. Like, we're talking um, three, four guys, five guys, a core group of guys right now that have shown flashes, and if just we can put that together at the right time. I don't know who would want to see us in the first round, second round of a playoff series, especially without much home court advantage. So um, it's uh, it's it's tough right now just to just knowing how what could be, but that's also just kind of like a you know light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing where you know it could be it could be something great if we figure it out at the right time. Just tagging on to the schedule, Charlie. That's a good point, man. The back to the back, back to back coming up. I think you said Phoenix and uh, L.A. on the second. Or what is it? L.A. and L.A. You said. Yeah, they go. Yeah, we go Portland, Phoenix, uh, Wednesday, Thursday. That's right, and then it's, then All Star break, and then they go, L.A., Utah, and then Lakers the night after Utah, and that might be the worst two days of games you could possibly have in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I said early on, like <laughs> I said, three and three would be a gift, you know, at to go uh, over the six game stretch. That kind of almost feels out of the question now. Um, just given with how things are, I'll be I'll be blown away if they win both the games against Portland and Phoenix uh, this week. That's a tough. That's tough. That'd be back that'd back. be some great. That'd be some great momentum for the. Oh, All-Star it'd be awesome. Time. Yeah, getting two wins um, and you steal one of those last three. Yeah, but it's it'd be it'd be big time. I think the one um, the one thing that gives me hope too is I think you know we talked endlessly about we can never get the elusive third win, and it was so so frustrating trying to get there. Um, and then I, I don't know about you guys, but to me that Charlotte loss, you know, without Steph to have a chance to just steal a win, that to me was the most frustrating loss of the season. Like, you know, more than just any of the blowouts. And this Lakers loss is right up there too. And so I would hope that, you know, maybe there's something to this team bouncing back a little mentally. You know, just maybe it kind of jolts them, wake them up a little bit. Like, all right, that was humiliating. That can't happen again. Let's go out there and execute. Yeah, Charlie, you I think you have a good point, man. I think – go ahead, sorry. Yeah, like, I think, you know, when you look down that stretch, um, I think they get Memphis a couple times in the middle of the month. Like, the goal has to be for this team, like, they can't be in Memphis's territory when those games roll yeah. around. And that means you have to execute over these next six games. And you got to – I mean, you know, I think you say 500 is, you know, maybe out of the question. But I think, you know, with this team's kind of toughness that they're showing right now, at least from a mental standpoint, I think they can definitely get there. Yeah, I, I just uh, – to that point, I just do think, again, it's just the, the schedule. If it was a, there was a night in between, I'd be I'd feel better about it. But, yeah. Charlie, I hope you're right. Um, yeah. I do think you had a great point, though, man, with regards to uh, not – this team does this, and they've had a few nights like this, and you brought it up a second ago. You said 
they can't afford to have efforts like they did on Sunday night. They just they don't they're not a team that can really you can't no show. You can't no show a game. Mm-hmm. If you're Steph, if you're Draymond especially, like you if can't you're playing, no you gotta go out and yeah, you have to go out and get dubbed. But on um, that note though, you, you brought up toughness and I think that's a great they also had that quality as much or more than any team at the same time. That doesn't happen often, obviously, you know, the blowouts like that and they've fought their way back into a bunch of games. But yeah, Goffman, go ahead. Um, no, yeah, that was uh, – I was just kind of wrapping up that – that um, you guys kind of summed it up the best. But um, kind of a little, uh, you know, just kind of as we dive deeper into the team right now, we saw Wiseman come back um, from his wrist injury over the last, um, I think, week or then week and a half or so um, later on that road trip. Um, and obviously uh, something we've been seeing all over Twitter and just uh, Warriors Twitter in general, um, you know, LaMelo Ball is balling out, man. Um, no pun intended right there. But um, – what do you guys? Uh, obviously, I'm sure you guys have seen all the all the takes and stuff. But um, you know, given how how Wiseman's you know played and progressed this season, um, how, what's your guys' take on that Lamelo versus Wiseman debate? And uh, should there even be a debate? Uh, what's uh, what's your guys' takes? Yeah, I think just to get one thing out of the way early, you know, I think it's so easy for Warriors fans to just look at what Lamelo's doing in Charlotte and just you know be beating themselves over the head and up in, you know, front office mentions, trying to like talk shit to everybody in sight and be miserable about it. Um, And I can almost guarantee you, you know, like if, if we were in the reverse, you know, if this was a Hornets podcast, yeah, we would be, our timelines would be flooded with Lamelo not playing defense and not doing this and not doing that. And then we'd look over and we'd see Wiseman like, cooking dudes on post spins and yamming it and be like oh fuck like we could have had i don't know man lamello's kind of got that lamello's got that fan base on his on his thing man he's uh he's showing out for him i don't know yeah but i don't know know, if he's saying the same yeah like i think you know like just the general the angst that people feel is you know like we're just everyone is so dialed in and focused on the bad of what they do and -hmm. you know like both of them are 19 um i think you know like but they've had their struggles both defensively a ton and you know they're not the players right now that they're going to be obviously uh the one thing that does frustrate me is it does I still have that you know lingering feeling like the Warriors really just did this for need and that always that always drives me insane on drafting for what you think you need because by the time that guy becomes the player you need then maybe it's not what the team has a problem with anymore so I think it would be so nice to just have another perimeter creator like Lamelo, and, you know, I mean, we know this now, like this is the modern NBA. Like if you're a point guard and you can do the things Lamelo does, you're value, you're more valuable than Wiseman just by default, even if they're equal players. So, you know, it's easy for guys to get worked up over, oh, we should have done this. We should have done that. Like both guys are, I think, well above expectations early on. So it's not worth getting upset about. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's not worth getting worked up about. Um, I do want to I, I do want to acknowledge that Lamelo has been like probably, he's probably the best player in the Hornets. I don't think it's close at this point. I think he's really played better than Hayward since he stepped in that starting role. Um, he looks like there's a lot of I mean a lot of the discourse right now is around like today. You know, it's around right now. Um, and I think without a doubt, I think it's not like a I don't think it's a huge debate to say Lamelo on this team would be a huge help right now you know uh this team that lacks ball handling that lacks shooting that lacks uh playmaking you know and scoring he does all those things really well um 
at a really early age. And that's, that's pretty cool. Um, I think there's the defensive concerns would still be there. Like Charlie said. Um, and I do think that, but I, I think they could use a guy like that. But again, I, I don't like the, you know, revisionist go back and live it on over and over again. I mean, Warriors Twitter is one of the darkest places on earth. I think for that reason, because like you hop on and it's like, it's like death threats because of something. I think already, the thing already happened. Do you know what I mean? Um, I don't know, Charlie, if I fully think that LaMelo's value is automatically uh, higher than Wiseman's just because let's, if, if Wiseman does turn it into a switchable three point shooting big, like that's, that's as valuable as I think in the league, I think. And I think that's within his ceiling. Um, the question is, Chris I Bosch, think Chris Bosch esque. Yeah, no, definitely. You know what I mean? And that's a, that's an awesome comp. People kind of, there's a lot of Chris Bosch kind of weird slander going around right now, which is been a weird thing. But, Great uh, <laughs> yeah, but, um, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't blame a lot of fans for being, uh, potentially upset about it because in the immediate, which is, which is Steph's prime, um, LaMelo would be a valuable player, like, especially offensively for a team that doesn't have necessarily a lot of room to make moves for an offensive player. Um, I understand wanting to get like LaMelo on your team, but, uh, that's not the way things are right now. And, you know, Wiseman, I, I there's a lot of, he can't do this. He can't do that. It's like, yeah, he played three games in college and he came out of high school uh, and he hasn't had an off season. He's a freak of nature athletically. I think given a full off season, I think he's going to look like a, a completely different player next year. I still do. Um, and I think before casting, you know, any judgments about a mistake being made, um, I think you got to see how the rest of the season goes. I think you got to see how uh, he looks next year. Um, his issues are clearing to be clear. He has some very like serious, I wouldn't even say serious. It's the wrong word to use, but very, very apparent in his hands. You know, the rebounding is a real thing. The defense right now is a real thing, but I do think there are certain things like that can be done to take care of that, you know? So uh, I'm going to reserve my judgment as far as a mistake being made uh, and the draft for a year or two from now, I think, but I'm also not going to push away from the idea that LaMelo would be a helpful player. He's been, he's been absolutely balling out. He's a, <laughs> that kid's incredible, man. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's the, I think hands down rookie of the year been, absolutely playing out of his mind ever since he became a starter. Um, just the consistency has kind of been the biggest thing, but I mean, I think uh, a lot of the stuff that, you know, I've been, see- I've been seeing at least and just, um, just reading is I think we're not giving Wiseman enough credit for the amount of impact he's having in the amount of usage, like minutes he's getting. Um, the dude's coming off the bench and he's, you know, he's averaging, I think in double figures points wise and um, he's provided like he's providing good, good energy, good effort. Um, I just feel, I think the base, the only, the only way you can argue that this pick would be a mistake is if the Warriors were not looking to capitalize on Steph's prime and kind of just build the franchise itself to last for 30 years. Then I think that you can argue LaMelo is the better pick. Um, But I think by picking Wiseman, you're showing uh, Steph that, you know, we're going to build a team around you to, you know, get you as many rings as we can in the rest of your career as a warrior. So um, Wiseman, and I think a lot of this is going to be, a lot of his issues will be fixed with more spacing on the floor, which comes with Clay Thompson next year. Um, so I think that a lot of this stuff, you kind of said it right, Matt, I think it's way too early to have a discussion even right now. I mean, you know, if we had a discussion in 09, Tyreek Evans or Steph Curry, you could have gone either way too. So um, yeah, I think either way, uh, you know, discussions in the same season is tough. Um, uh, you guys kind of said it best, but I think the, the Warriors made it clear what they're trying to do for the next five to six years, um, especially with um, Steph Wiseman and the guys that we have right now. So I honestly am still happy that we have them on the team. Um, 
kudos to LaMelo for, you know, living up to the hype and playing the way he has and, um, you know, really elevating Charlotte to a playoff contending team in the East. Um, but, you know, let's go uh, big ticket wise. That's, that's, that's the boy right there. Um, so I uh, think we got a good, we got a good, we got a good center right now. You guys are both, you're both okay with the pick in this far. You're like, you're not I'm very, I'm, I'm not even, I'm on, I oh, honestly yeah. argue to defend the pick at this point. Like I've uh, obviously the issues are there. Um, hands not as good, you know, still to dumb fouls and stuff, but that's all stuff that, you know, you learn as you grow in the league. You got guys like Draymond staff mentoring you. I think you'll be fine. You got clay in your ear too. So um, Wiseman's going to be, all right. uh, we don't need him to be a David Robinson or Chris Bosch this season. Um, with what he's shown us so far, we just all we need to know is this guy can play, and he can, and the potential's there. So I think that um, to to have a discussion like this, and to, for him to probably see it on Twitter, it's probably is so tough as a 19 year old, your own yeah. fan base, wondering um, stuff like that. And uh, I think that Warriors fans just got to chill out, man. I think you kind of said it right, Matt. Warriors Twitter is very dark and like. You know, everybody wants to find a fault with something or something Kerr's doing wrong or something Steph's not doing or something, you know, whatever. So um, I just think that this is just one of those things. You know, Lamella had a great game last night. And, uh, you know, Wiseman's obviously been coming off the bench, not necessarily getting the most minutes that he could. Um, but uh, it's just unfair at this point. Um, so that's, that's, that's the take. Yeah, I really think, like, they're, they're like, one, they're one offensive threat away in an offseason away from Wiseman looking, you know, it's completely different. Better. There's another guy on the floor who can shoot. You know, in those moments where he's looked best, there's a couple extra shooters on the floor, steps out there and Draymond's out there. He looks like yeah. a far more valuable player. So, again, I think uh, he'll make – I can guarantee anybody he's going to look drastically different next year uh, after a full offseason. I have absolutely no doubt. Uh, hanging out with Draymond for a full offseason, a full season with this team, you know, I think – I want to. I want to see him next year. I'm excited for it. To be honest, um, I think the Warriors have other issues to figure out. Uh, but I, I think that's not. I don't know if it's one of them. I shouldn't say that, but I think I can see that one working out okay within the next year. So, yeah. So kind of a little segue with um, the our bench depth and stuff like that. JTA. Um, we've got this. Uh, this new. Um, the two. The two way player rule. I think they they waive that you know, require minimum required game. So uh, JTA does like, will be able to have a roster spot on this team. Um, just uh, quickly, you guys want to touch on how big you think that is for um, this squad, especially this season um, with uh, the way he's been playing and uh, your thoughts on the rule. Yeah, the good news is, I mean, obviously right away, you know, JTA, lock him in roster spot rest of the season. I mean, he's been a huge energy presence for this team, I think his decision-making and his shooting ability on offense really work. And defensively, you know, he's such a pest. He can fill a lot of those roles Draymond has at some times. And I think that's awesome. Um, The bad news is it now means that we don't have to clear a roster spot uh, to keep him for the rest of the season. And that means uh, Brad want to get out of here and Smiley are staying around for the foreseeable future as far as we know um and you know part of me was kind of looking forward to like you know if it's Gundy or head time are you taking JTA or Smiley like I wanted to see the front office have to make that decision because I think that's the decision they've sort of struggled with in the past you know like they want to just hoard on to all these guys that they love as long as possible really despite from what they're seeing on the floor you know, like they believe in their potential yeah. and I respect that they believe in that, but 
And to I be fair, Smiley, Smiley has been he has, he's he showed out a little bit in the G League. Um, he's showing he can you know hoop and bang with um you know the other, those other big men. So I just want to say he had I, he had that one game. He had that one really good game. It's been poo poo since been, then. He's been decent. He's been decent. <laughs> he's been decent. He had another good one last night. Um, I'm not saying I'm on the Smiley train or not, but uh, I think that um, you know I think it's it's a good problem to have. But as of right now, you know JTA showing he can do it at the NBA level. Um, so I, I think you said it right, Charlie. I think the gun to your head time, I think most people would take JT at this point. I think the biggest, uh, the biggest letdown is, uh, Brad, like you said, Brad want to get the hell out of town, man. Um, the dude, uh, is terrible. Um, so I would have liked to see, you know, JTA take his spot and, you know, kind of finesse his way out of town. But, um, yeah, Matt, you take. Yeah. I, I feel the same way, Charlie. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I love that analogy, man. I was kind of feeling the same way. I kind of wanted to see, like, they better do the right freaking thing. You know, I want, they better do what's necessary yeah. right now. And I want to see if this front office is, like, willing to do these, you know, make the hard moves. And that was going to be a hard move for someone because for whatever reason, Smiley's still around, obviously, you know. Uh, the Lakos, man. They did no, but it, it is – gosh, dude. It is uh, – it's cool. And I think it's, it's – I mean, yeah, I think, I think JTA is a legit NBA player. He's a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, if there ever was one. You know, he's a good defender – his stroke this year looks like looks super legit. Like he's knocking down threes and it looks really clean when he hits them. He's making really awesome passes. Um, very much like a Draymond and Iguodala kind of light right now. Um, budget, I should say, you know, budget version of those guys, which I'll take. Uh, I think it's also huge. You know, we're going to see more Mannion now too. You know, he was a two-way guy too. I, don't want I to love that. Nico um, Mannion, man. He's speaking love of a guy Nico. who's, who's really been balling out the G league. He's been playing, he's been playing really well. All three of those point guards, man, Lynn, Mannion, and uh, NJP, they've all been showing they're very serviceable. Um, and definitely an upgrade from what we have right now. So Yeah, and again, I think it's going to be huge. I, I mean, man, he looked good. He looks like a competent. Like, he looks like, at the very least, he's a point guard. You know, like that's the position he plays versus Wanamaker. I, yeah. I don't know what position he plays. He plays – Small like, forward that can't dribble. He's um, something <laughs> weird. Man. But he, uh, I think having a point guard on the second unit – uh, is going to be – that's the biggest need right now. I mean, it's that and a second scoring threat, you know. Um, and I think but, you get both of those with guys like Nico and uh, JP. And, like, you can – I know Steve Kerr used to run um, – pull off the ball with uh, Wanamaker as the point. But um, I'd be excited to see, even if he wants to, you know, have pull in those off-ball situations with a shooting ability, um, have somebody like Nico come in who can push the pace – um, the guy really keeps the defense on his heels, makes the right pass, right reads. Yeah, he's um, a smart player. Just run those, yeah, just run those two together, and I think you're really going to see um, Wanamaker get very uh, expendable, very quick. <laughs> you're really hoping so, man. I'm praying, uh, yeah, dude. Christmas but... could come early this year. Well, on that point too, with Brad, like he just doesn't make plays for himself, like or others, on enough of a basis to be a point guard and. I think you know you said it best there, Gotham. Like he's a small forward in a point guard's body. Like he's damn near a center in a point guard's yeah. body. Like the man, the man just wants to be like down low. Tragic Bronson, shots. man. Tragic Bronson. Tragic Bronson. And there are a few less. I would bet a thousand dollars every time that guy had. If he's going one on, however many zero to five on fast break, I will take the bet that the layup's going highest part of the backboard and nowhere near the rim, man. <laughs> it's just yeah, so frustrating it's it's tough too because you know before the season I was more like 
sold on the idea of him being like, you know, oh, well, we have all these other guys who can do some things with the ball in their hand. So he can just kind of be that 10th man and sit back. But it didn't really turn out that way. <laughs> you know, like we really only have like, I think Draymond and Steph are the only guys who've shown night to night that they can create for themselves and for others. Um, yeah. And I think even, so, even Wiggins on that note, man, is like not a handler. He's, he's got, I, I've, it was already said, but he's got a loose handle, man. Like I was getting a lot more often than I anticipated yeah. seeing. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you don't get those production out of other guys, it just makes want to make it look so much worse. And to have the development from pool, who's just been like, you know, I mean, he's looking like a 2K my player down in the G League, you know, like just ball in his hands every possession, just, you know, and there's been the good and the bad, you know, I think he's had like multiple double digit turnover games, but honestly, from my perspective, like that's what I want to see him do down there. Like I want to see him show that he's the best player on the floor and deserves to have the ball in his hands every possession, because if he gets that confidence in the G League, then Hopefully he can translate that not only on the ball, but off it as well uh, coming off that bench, because I think he really brings a, a look that can hopefully sort of start to force those want to make minutes to the side. Yeah, non-existent I think at that point. They should be, they should be non-existent. Uh, I, I do agree with you guys. I agree with uh, what you're saying, Charlie. I'm curious. There's going to be some wildcat bias, perhaps. Uh, we're going to see a lot of Mannion, you know, that's, that's Kerr's guy. You'll take it. Uh, but nice again, I just think having having a guy who can run a pick and roll for Wiseman, man. A lot, there's a lot of clamoring. Like Wiseman is getting a lot of shots in the block, uh, a lot of mid range shots. I don't. I, I think it's partially by design, but I think it's partially just because um, there's just not anybody there. There's no one else. To, there's no one to feed him. But yeah, um, yeah. But um, as we you know kind of close out this like roster construction, uh, we're going to take let's take a quick uh, quick. Two minute, five minute break. Um, hear a word from our sponsor at Anchor, and uh, Matt. We're gonna hear your voice a little bit, so take it away, brother. Ooh. Yo, what's up? Thanks, Matt. Uh, you sound great with that Anchor um, Anchor sponsorship. So shout out Anchor. Um, thanks for letting us do you guys. Um, so here we are uh, back here. Um, Charlie, you were talking about uh, about this uh, during the break, but um, uh, the uh, the Steph quote um, talking about where he thought the Warriors could end up, um, where he wants to see the Warriors end up. So I'll let you uh, – you brought it up, so I'll let you uh, enlighten us, and we'll start the topic from there. Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was weird to see a Steph quote coming off like a Steve Kerr quote where he's just being super frank and on the point. And, you know, I'll usually like you that. see these players speak in these sort of like whimsical, uh, we can be whatever we want to be sort of tones, but – Steph was very direct, you know, saying he thinks the ceiling for the regular season is the four seed. And honestly, I'm I'm a little more sold on that now than I might have been two weeks ago. I think you've seen, you know, sort of the wear and tear that's breaking down some of these other teams. And, you know, Portland, they have so many injuries and they're finally starting to feel it. I mean, we've seen Dallas has just been unable to get it together. Teams like, you know, New Orleans has been struggling, Memphis has been struggling, and, you know, as much as we harp on the Warriors for not being able to put together these win streaks, you know, they've got, you know, damn, I mean, they haven't lost more than two in a row this season, have they? Which is pretty amazing. So, I think, you know, the fact that they've been able to stay in this picture has really sort of helped clear things up, and I think when you look at, you know, I think maybe two weeks ago in the West, you're like, damn, well, anyone's in it, really. 
Um, and now Houston said, fuck that, we're out. <laughs> um, peace. We're, uh, we're trying to get that pick protected. We're joining, we're joining Minnesota, man. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, Sacramento, you know, as try, try as they might, they're just, they just don't have it right now. They just find um, ways to lose games. Just find ways. To lose. Yeah, exactly. They're like the anti-Thunder. We're like the Thunder trying yeah. to lose and they keep winning and the Kings just keep doing the opposite. Um, I think both of those teams, though, you know, they sort of fall on that borderline out of it right now. Same with the Pelicans, too. Same with the Pelicans. Yeah, I think the Pelicans, you know, like there's probably a scenario where they can, you know, end up with the 10 seed or something. I think they can do something playing. um, Yeah, that's not a team that really scares me. But I think you really have these sort of three tiers starting to form in the West where you got the teams that are pretty firmly, you know, working for the play in like Dallas, Memphis, New uh, New Orleans. Um, I mean, honestly, you know, we're still in that category right now, but I think San Antonio is a team that's in that. I think, you know, Matt, you said it earlier, they're playing way above their heads in terms of a talent perspective. And I don't think that's going to hold up as much throughout the season. Um, and I think pretty, no, who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And I think pretty firmly, you know, Utah has shown that they're the real deal. Uh, they're not going anywhere, no matter what anyone's going to say about that. That's a legit team. Um, and the two LA teams. And I think at this point, you know, you might just have to put Phoenix up there. Yeah, they're the looking good. Season. They're looking very, very nice. Yeah, because they just, they just are not disappointing. Like they, you know, if they have a letdown game, they follow it up with a bunch of wins. And they just stay consistent. So I think when you look at that, you know, I think the Warriors sort of find themselves in that middle sort of <laughs> almost just, you know, total mess where you got Portland, Denver, us, and Dallas just sort of fighting for who's going to be in the play and who's yeah. not. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. You know, if you can avoid those extra chances at elimination and, you know, extra tread on the tire, chances for injury, uh, I think that really has to be what the target is. You know, anything six or better is a dream scenario. Yeah, I agree. I I agree that six or better is a dream scenario. I don't know about the four C. I I know you guys are optimistic, and I love that. I think I'm generally more pessimistic about things. But uh, I don't know, man. I think that Phoenix is really dang good, like you guys said. Uh, Utah is not going anywhere, record-wise at least. Um, L.A. is only getting closer and closer to getting AD back. The Clippers have been relatively consistent. Uh, So that'd that'd be great. I hope that happens. Um, But, again, I do think the Warriors, though, on that note, I think – as far as their quality goes, I think they are a top, top six team in the West. I, I don't think there's um, anybody definitively better than them outside of those four teams we just mentioned. Uh, and even then, you know, uh, I don't – Dallas, no. You know, Denver, no. Um, Portland, like you said, Charlie, they're, they're, they're rattled. You know, they were playing above their heads like San Antonio for a while, and Dame was in superhero mode, but it's starting to catch up with them. Um, I, 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 uh, I do want to see – them finish though in that top six mostly because the playing tournament is a scenario right now where all the teams we just mentioned could be below them and all those teams can catch fire for a game you know a dame a dame explosion is out of the question the Doncic explosion is likely i would say uh denver's explosive i don't even uh, to be honest i think we kind of mentioned earlier that new orleans doesn't sound threatening but zion williamson yeah. and brandon ingram for a game you know what i mean it doesn't take much uh, it, lonzo's uh, playing really well now too lonzo's playing great uh, so if they can avoid the the plan, that's ideal. And I think the fact that I'm personally hoping that the fact that Steph said what he said puts a little pressure in the front office, maybe make a move or two, not to get into moves or anything, but just to keep him serious because 
there was a whole chasing wins quote that's kind of gotten a little too much traction for my yeah, mind. Right. I don't think yeah. Steve Kerr meant anything poor by it, but uh, there, there's been a little bit of like talk around maybe the pedal not being to the metal, even with some of the players. You kind of we saw it against the Lakers the other day, but I hope that puts pressure on the players and the front office to really to do so because there's not a single team in those top ten teams that I would want to play one game. If I'm those teams, I don't want to play the Warriors to be clear, but uh, avoiding that at all costs, I think is pretty important. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think you guys kind of said it best. Like the, the playing, I think is, is going number one to secure a top safe spot. Um, uh, you, Charlie, I, I, I'm also an optimist like you, but uh, I think you kind of said it, man. I think Phoenix is really, they're really showing that they're the real deal. CP3, D book. Um, they're balling, man. Like they're fun to watch. Um, they're a good young team with CP3 kind of has that vet, vet presence. Um, Aiden's figuring it out. Um, so they're, they're looking really good. I think I honestly have them as like a dark horse title contender. Um, that's just a personal thing. I, I always liked um, Phoenix and uh, Devin Booker. But um, for the Warriors, I think the fifth seed is probably our best like sweet spot um, to land. And uh, ceiling wise, I still think, you know, if, if the Suns do end up letting up, I think it's possible we can get it. But I think realistically, the fifth seed. Um, definitely well within reach. Um, you guys have both said it. Um, Portland and uh, San Antonio just playing out of their minds right now, and the Warriors are hovering around that, you know, five through like nine, ten uh, range. Um, I think we are. If the only team I would be um, would say is probably better than us in that kind of range would be Denver. Um, so five, six, maybe I'd say is where I see us ending up. But um, yeah, just I think the first goal is to avoid that playing. Like you said, Matt, um, one game against any of these guys is is scary all the way down to, you know, even a game, one game against Sacramento, if they, you know, if they end up, you know, getting in that conversation as well, you know, all these teams have talent, all these teams um, for one game chance. I mean, uh, you, you just don't want to play with fire. So uh, if we can just avoid that. Um, but I think fifth seed, I think I like, I like to see, I like to hear Steph saying that though, the fourth seed, um, you know, it kind of gives you as a fan, just knowing your best player has the motivation to, you know, secure not only a, a not a playing spot, but also just a, a really good seating spot. Um, so, you know, you can see that Steph's locked in. I'm sure the whole locker room is right behind him, right there with him. Um, so uh, in terms of like just the confidence thing, I think it was great to hear. But um, I think realistically fifth, sixth is very, very much attainable. Um, I th- and I think that it's going to come down to, you know, how we come out the all-star break, um, you know, just uh, – Obviously, we mentioned it earlier in the pod, just that brutal stretch of games. But, you know, even a three and three, two and four split, if we can just con- continue to just maintain the pack, because after that, the schedule will get easier. Um, I think, Charlie, you said we have a few games against Memphis, who's uh, also pretty sporadic. Um, there are some Eastern Conference teams in there as well. So um, it's just kind of like a light at the end of the tunnel. I know I said it earlier, but I'm going to stick with this analogy. But I'm um, just kind of get through that. And it all comes down to consistency, man. Um you know, we're, we've seen it from Oubre for a little bit. Wiggins at, uh, at some stretch. You know, I'd even go far as to say that, you know, Steph's latest stretches of games has shown, like, he's also um, – he's not uh, out of the question of being a little inconsistent. So, um, it's just going to come down to the Warriors kind of figuring it out, putting it all together. Um, I think this break's going to come at a good time. Uh, I feel bad for Steph having to go down to Atlanta. I think uh, this is just kind of a, you know, just a shitty time for an all-star weekend, all-star break or whatever. But – um, just some well-needed time off, um, just kind of reset and uh, just come out ready to ready to come out with like some cohesion because that's the only thing this team is lacking at this point. The talent's there. Um, you know, we've we put together games and we've, show, we've proved that we can do it. Now it's just, you know, figuring out and putting it all together. Yeah, I uh, 
I totally agree, man. I think that the ceiling is definitely there. Um, who do you guys want to see? Who do you want the Warriors to see in the playoffs? What's an ideal almost track for you? And what does that look like uh, kind of seating wise? I, you know, when I think looking at that top four, yeah, I think like you said, Gotham, I don't, I don't want to be facing Phoenix. I think, yeah. you know, they're hungry. They have Chris Paul who has always, you know, played well against the Warriors. He's got a lot of motivation, but I think this time he's got a team that can actually, you know, put the money where the mouth is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, Houston came as close as anyone came to knocking the Warriors off at like their fullest power. And there was and, CP3 away um, from. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I think he thinks about that all the time, I'm sure. Um, and I think that's a scary team in terms of motivation. Uh, I think, you know, when you look in terms of like having, I think, you know, I think the five seed is more realistic. I think playing in that five, six range. Um, and so you're, when you're looking, you know, at being the road team without this distinct home court advantage with no fans in there, the team I really want to see is the Clippers, honestly. Like they are just mentally the softest team of those four. I mean, they've seemed to have proven that over and over again. Uh, I mean, when I just stepped out on, I mean, we stepped out on break, I just watched Paul George miss like five clutch shots in a row against the Celtics. Like they just, you know, like whatever it is, they just don't have it, (laughs) Um, you know, and they have this talent that is able to win them a lot of games and, you know, Kawhi and PG are scary, but like if I'm counting on one team to fold when the cards are on the table out of the West teams, it's the Clippers. So that's definitely my eye. Yeah. Um, yeah, totally agree. I was going to say, um, I don't want to see the Suns first round. I do think we match up well against them. Um, I just think that they have enough pieces to win, win close games in the playoffs now. Um, so I, I wouldn't mind the first round matchup. I think it would be really fun. A four-five, you know, Warriors Suns matchup. Um, uh, you know, it's great to see Phoenix back in the playoffs and stuff like that. It's Steph, CP3, but I agree with you, Charlie. I think the I think the Clippers would be our best um, chance to get out of the first round with a win. Um, you know, granted that we don't get one of those top, and we're not going to get one of those top three seeds. So, um, I think Clippers Suns. As long as we can avoid the Lakers, man. Uh, I'm just looking at the standings right now. I didn't even realize the, the Suns are only like a game, game and a half back at the Lakers and Clippers too. So that like one through four, or two through four is very, um, you know, hit or miss, very, very interchangeable right now. So um, as we kind of see the standing shake up, um, we'll, we'll see how, how it all plays out. But yeah, I think Clippers definitely, definitely the team I'd want to see given the, you know, the teams we have to pick from. Yeah, I, I agree the most part. I think, uh, I think those two teams in some order would probably be the first two round ideal scenario for the Warriors, to be honest. Um, I probably like what you said about Chris Ball being hungry. And this is a team that has, you know, since that 2014 series uh, before the, the Warriors first title, Chris, so Curry's just had, he's had CP's number. number. You know what I mean? He's just absolutely every, every chance they've had. Um, the Warriors, I think the Warriors beat Steph, the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, I think the Warriors won like 12 straight games against the Clippers after that series or something ridiculous. Um, So I I totally see what you're saying with the hunger there. Uh, I do think though, just defensively, what scares me a little about the Clippers though, is just those wings. And you know, the the, the team's game plans against Steph right now is just to hound the heck out of him. And like Paul George and Kawhi, they can make Steph's life hell. Uh, I do agree though, hundred percent. I'd love to see, if that was the series we got, I wouldn't be like, 
I wouldn't be bummed. Yeah, you know, that'd be that'd be totally fine because, yeah. like you said, Charlie, uh, just combustible team. Uh, and I think they are the least organized of all the teams too. I think the Warriors struggle a little bit against teams that are really well just on the floor, run really well, and the Chris Ball team is run as well as any team in the league. So, uh, yeah, Clippers would be, I think, ideal first round almost. Them or Phoenix. I personally don't want to see Utah. Uh, I know there's a lot of, like, you guys, and you mentioned you were confident that would be a fun round. I, I don't know. I think that team is, like, a lot of people say 2015 Hawks. I see that's what, 20. That's what I think, to be honest. But I don't want to see him first round, but that's the vibe I get from him. I, I just see 24. I don't know, man. They just execute so well. And they have so many just solid defenders. And they've got, I don't know. They're just a smart, smart, smart basketball team. And that's kind of what the Warriors, outside of their top two guys, are not. And it feels like a pretty pretty combustible matchup to me. But I do see the Allure as well. But, again, I think Phoenix and Clippers in some order. And the first – if you can get that – one of those teams in the first round, steal a first-round win, get to the second round, anything can happen. So, Yeah, I think the thing, too, with those Hawks teams and – you know, I think one, you know, we always have to go with the bias. Like, you know, the the East was back then what it is right now. You know, like to, you know, I don't want to diminish the success of that team. Like that was a great team. But, you know, to do what the Jazz are doing with what's also been like one of the hardest schedules so far is just insane. And I think they have that, you know, little extra smidge of that star talent in Rudy and Donovan that I think really helps them out a lot. Um, but the other thing that really scares me about them is they just look like this has been a team where, you know, most of the guys on that team, save Jordan Clarkson, that are super important, they've been around uh, for the past couple of years. And a lot of them have been around, you know, longer than that. And, you know, Conley too, they brought in. But they've been building towards this for a while. And now that they have that opportunity, like they're just, you know, they're trying to make a statement every single night. And that's what really scares me in terms of, you know, motivation and, you know, the way they play, just being able to bomb so many threes and make so many of them and have a different guy who, you know, can hit five of seven of deep on any given night. It's a, it's a scary matchup. Scary um, side, no, for sure. They got, they got wanna, some potential. No, they do for sure. I kind of want to bet on a potential uh, jazz Nets matchup in the finals. I think it'd be such an interesting just dichotomy of two teams. Like one team just is like a like just ready to just great confidence is what dream. The other team is you know every non Nets fan's worst nightmare. Every two K GMs, yeah, dream. exactly. You know, so <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I totally, I I totally hear you, Charlie. Uh, I think they're. Uh, with super legit teams. Uh, they're not somebody I want to see. Uh, but a scary scenario, though, for me is is Lakers. If, if AD's still out, there's a world where they slip to the four seed and in a terrible, a terrible twist of fate, the Warriors snag the five seed, and that's like this this awful first round matchup. But uh, I hope that doesn't happen, man. Yeah, I mean that that would be just uh, just the world of bad luck. But hey, I mean if AD's still out for that series. Obviously, a tough go around the first way, but, you know, I still think that the, the Warriors matchup, you know, the Lakers shot in, insanely well the other night. So, yeah, yeah. Um, came out hot. Um, so, just, I mean, they played really well, but I think in a seven-game series, it'll be a fun one if AD's not playing. If AD's playing, I think it's a wrap. Um, but overall, I mean, I, those are some really good matchups. I think I think whatever series the Warriors go into, though, they, they'll have a very good puncher's chance to uh, win the first round for sure. Um other than that, like, is there anything else you guys want to see from the Dubs after this All Star break um, to you know put themselves in that situation 
to secure a four, five, six, six seed? Yeah, I think, you know, we've maybe, you know, dipped in the waters before and there's been all these rumors going around of all these big trades. And I don't think that's anything in the cards. You know, I think with the way Kelly Oubre's playing, you know, he's played himself right out of that trade discussion, in my opinion. And, you know, just with the game over game growth that he's had. Um, but the one thing that I would want is, you know, don't be afraid to tinker with the end of the roster. Um, you know, we've talked about the guys who we think are underperforming a bit. And, you know, in terms of making roster moves, I think it's important. But in terms of, you know, switching up the lineups as needed, I think that's important as well. Um, I think it's a long slog of a season and the second half can be especially brutal in terms of scheduling. And, you know, I think on some mental level, when you just roll out the same 10 guys in the same 10 minute alignments every night, you know, it's a little, it's a little stagnant and it's predictable for a defense. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, to rotate some guys in and out or, you know, play guys in certain different lineup combinations, as long as, you know, have, you have these anchors of Steph and Draymond are playing the first and the third and they're playing the last six minutes of the second and the fourth, like, you know what that is. And as long as you can, you know, make the, adjustments around that to keep guys energized and to play with certain matchups. I think, uh, I think, you know, we've shown that we at least have the talent now to compete with some of the, these good teams in the West. Yeah. I think that's an awesome point. Um, I, I also want to see Draymond Green let a fire under Andrew Wiggins ass. See that guy going again. Uh, that'd be awesome. Uh, get something in between Wiggins we have now offensively speaking and the Wiggins at the start of the season I don't think start of the season Wiggins was a realistic player the Warriors to have guy was hitting step back threes like he was James Harden you know that wasn't that wasn't gonna stick around but um getting you know getting some more offense from Wiggins again would be awesome I think Charlie like you said end of the roster stuff would be great I don't think uh I don't think Ubre's going anywhere nor do I think you should I think that guy looks like as much of a long-term potential long-term option at the wing um at the wing than and maybe even Wiggins at this point, um, depending. I'd also like to see just getting getting a second ball handler in some shape or form, man. Whether it comes in the form of Nico Mannion um, or Jordan Poole, but getting a guy like that more minutes, uh, guys like that more minutes would be huge. Uh, and finally, just getting get get a few get a few blowout wins. You know, get Steph some time off. Get a get to the point where you feel comfortable giving Steph a night off or Draymond a night off because those guys are going to get. Again, we've talked about it last last time we potted, but. Um, those guys haven't missed the amount of time they might normally miss, you know what I mean? Especially at their age, what they've had in their career. It's been pretty, pretty fortunate thus far, especially given the way the season's gone for other teams. Uh, so you want to, you know, get the cushion you can and eventually again, get those guys some rest. They're both in their, you know, early thirties at this point. So uh, producing well enough to give those guys a little break would be awesome. 100% man. I think we pretty much nailed this pod in the head. Uh, covered a lot of stuff today. Um, you know, a little week hiatus, but uh, we got we got All Star break coming up. Um, we got um, you know two big games, Phoenix and uh, Portland, um, to close out this pre All Star break stretch. Um, so we're gonna be co- we're gonna be coming out you guys with a lot more content um, very very soon. So um, stay tuned. Um, this is Gotham, uh, Matt, Charlie. You guys got anything to shout out before we uh, call it? Follow me at uh, ClayTheist11 on Twitter as usual and uh, should have a early top 10 draft prospects piece coming out um, soon. 
doing the uh, honorable mentions first. Um, so, you know, might have uh, a couple of my spicier takes in there, but we'll see how that goes. Uh, That's right. That's I've been a... Right. Uh, been pretty damn confident with how my spicy ones worked out for this year's draft so we'll see if we can go two for two hot takes baby hot takes that's what we are. that's what we do here at game six play man that's get right. hot and get that's right. hot takes <laughs> um, uh yeah, yeah. Follow, follow me at matt j cardoza uh that's about it guys hopefully pumping out a dpe target list soon that's coming up the warriors uh, got to use that thing soon so other than that though uh hopefully we Peace get some more pods uh, up right yeah, man, let's get some more pods. Uh, follow me at Gotham Rottenham NBA at Game Six Clay Pod. Um, check us out; we're pretty sick. Um, and uh, that's about <laughs> it, man. Uh, um, let's uh, hope you guys have a good rest of your week, and uh, let's get on locker room and uh, let's let's break down some of these games coming up. But other than that, we will catch you guys next time. Yep, take it easy. Peace.